They'll tell me. Do you find yourself struggling to figure out whether or not it's time to stop what you're doing and completely pivot in your business? Maybe you're no longer passionate about what you're doing, or maybe you're not making any money or signing on any clients, or maybe you're just simply burned out and stressed out around what you're doing. Well, today, my guest and I talk about how to determine if it's time for you to pivot in your business And we share personal stories from our moments of pivot, misleading signs that could cause you to quit prematurely. And on top of all of that, questions that we asked ourselves in those moments where we had to make those tough decisions. Oh, it's a good conversation, but who am I spilling this tea with? My good friend Kia Chisholm is joining me for this conversation, and her name may sound familiar because she guest hosted episode 11, creating long-term impact in business for me after I completely lost my voice. Kia Chisholm is a ghostwriter, business owner, speaker, and writing assistant. She walks in her calling by serving business owners in need of self-help books, book structuring, and pitching for various media outlets. Her ghostwriting work has been featured in outlets such as CNN, Grow With Google, Forbes, and Business Insider. When she isn't writing, she's hosting virtual workshops for her brand, Business Behind the Art, where she teaches local artists how to pitch themselves for four-figure deals, media features, and how to pivot from solely being an artist to being a business owner. Yes, my tribe is popping. You don't have to tell me, but let's dive into our conversation and be warned. This is my disclaimer. We do not pull punches and we may have stepped on quite a few toes. All right, I am super excited about today's conversation because we have similar experiences in pivoting and closing businesses. So Kia, I'm so excited to welcome you and have this conversation with you because I think people have an idea about business and going into business and they don't realize business is messy. Like it's messy, it's dirty and not in the like, I want to be clear, not on the ethics side. There are those on the ethics side, but I'm just saying the, the progress and the development of business is a messy experience. It's not like a straight path forward. So I want you to share a little bit about your pivoting experience and how you decided to close your business. Just share kind of like the highlights and I might share mine as well. Well, hi, y'all. I'm super excited to be here. First things first, ABC. (laughs) I mean, she's amazing. (laughs) Amazing. We literally pretty much have the exact same brain. I don't care what anybody says because we think about the same thing. It's hilarious. All the time. But (laughs) as far as my pivots... Woo. Okay, so we can go all the way back to when I was a mere teenager. Let's do it. And I was convinced that I was going to be the first strength and conditioning coach for the Dallas Cowboys. That was a black woman. All right. You couldn't tell me otherwise. And then somehow, by the time I made it to my master's program, I said, forget all of that. That's not happening. I had already now mind you. I wasn't just studying to be a strength and conditioning coach. I had an entire like building smart muscle, which was my first fitness brand. And then I had evolved that into enigmatic soul, which was a little bit more holistic for black and brown uh, students. And then we get to 2016 and I have this idea of I think I want to be a writer, but I don't like do anything with that. Right. Um, And so by the time I'm in 2016, I decide, okay, I've graduated, going to get this master's. We're going to transition out of 
strength and conditioning. And I didn't make a huge pivot. I actually just went into exercise physiology because I was like, I'll be a professor instead. Right. Not a big pivot at all. The issue was, I don't know why I was doing brand consultations on the side. What? What? Didn't make any sense. 2018 gets here and I graduate with my master's and then I decide, okay, I'm going to start up some sort of, I was calling it at the time of creative consulting company. I don't even know where that came from. I think I was just invested in the word, the triple C's because that's not what it was. But I ended up landing a job of being a project manager. And I was helping out clients pretty much like figure out what they wanted to do with their business on like an introductory level. So do you actually want to have a business? Do you really even want to be an entrepreneur? Low key mentorship, right? Right. And then we get to 2019. And your girl opens a CBD subscription box. (laughs) Now, if you've been listening to anything in this story, you know it sounds like Kia just do what Kia wants to do <laughs> when it comes to business. <laughs> but mind you, and I want to be clear on this because I think this is something we'll get into later, she was making money in these businesses. So it wasn't like she was shifting because, and I just wanted to intersect that because I know people hop around when they don't make money, but it's like she was actually pivoting and deciding to close certain businesses even though she was making money. Literally. Okay, just wanted to intersect that. But, okay, CBD. Every time I made a pivot, my family was like, why? (laughs) (laughs) Why? Like, you're doing fine, right? So we get to the CBD subscription box. And to be honest, the reason why I wanted to start that company was because I realized there's pretty much absolutely no Black female representation in the CBD industry. Now, I myself... I'm not a consumer of marijuana. However, hemp CBD is legal in pretty much every state or in every state. And so I realized there was a market there. And just because I'm passionate about us, I wanted to like see if I could like put my foot in, see what it would be like. Me putting my foot in turned into me and Alexis creating an entire infrastructure for CBD subscription boxes, like finding wholesalers, doing partnerships, figuring out marketing, all of it. And when, after probably about like five months, which isn't a long time for business, please understand that. After about five months and we were bringing in the income, I realized that I went to a, actually went to a conference. And while I was in the conference, I just had the spirit, like just asked me like, so what are all the things that you're doing right now that don't make any sense long-term? And I just started writing down things that I was doing, like just in my daily life. And then I eventually made it over into things that I was doing to make money. And I realized that even though the CBD subscription company was definitely on track to like blow. Right. I was invested in it just because I started it. But I wasn't invested in it because it wasn't one of my core skill sets one of my core giftings. And when I realized that, that is when I realized I needed to go ahead and pivot into being a full-time writer because that's what I said I was going to do in 2016. And I started writing when I was in third grade. Mm -hmm. That is the only thing that has been consistent throughout every pivot. I was still writing. I was still doing ghost writing projects on the side, somehow just making money in this gift that I wasn't promoting on Instagram right? It was just finding me. And so when I made the pivot, it was crazy because 
as I within 30 days, I was landing contracts that were bigger than any other contract that I had ever landed before in business right. for like a month. Right. Just worth mm-hmm. of, worth of work. And it was in that moment where I realized I was like, hey, so, yeah, you're a talented business owner. Yes, you're a talented entrepreneur. You know how to talk to people. But one of the reasons why you know how to talk to people is because you have the gift of gab and you probably should focus on that skill set first before you start building all these other empires and you resent them Mm -hmm. because you're not using your core gifting. Yeah. And I think that's so good. There's so many nuggets I want to pull out of your story. And just to give like a little bit of background information for if you are a new listener, my biggest pivot, and I talk about it on a previous podcast, was shifting away from doing all social media marketing, nothing but social media marketing, because that was how I got my start. That is how I got into this online entrepreneur game, this whole business owner game. That that was my start. And so I felt a pull and a tug and a sense of loyalty to an industry that I honestly only got into because of an internship. It was never a passion. It was never something that I wanted to do. I started interning, that became my full-time job, and I started doing it on the side. It was never, I felt this false sense of loyalty to that, and it took me almost a year to pivot and to kind of close that down. And I didn't completely close it, because it's not that I don't like it, I just don't want to do it all the time. And so it's a service that I only offer either by referral or something by someone said, hey, this person needs this. It's a very closed situation. So it's not, I didn't completely close it, but I significantly decreased and let go of a lot of clients in that area. So that's my pivot. So kind of trying to take some of the nuggets from what you said. How did you know it was the right time to quit your business? Did you experience a confirmation? Several, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, students, clients of mine, people that I talk to, like see something, like see a sign, and it's actually a misleading sign of it's time to quit. And maybe we can go into some of those. But first, like kind of share, how did you know when it was the right time for you to like quit or make a huge pivot in your business? No, I got you. So every time that I decided to pivot, I never made the decision while things were like falling apart. Never. Like I always made sure I was in a a mental space of actually this is just fine. And you're able to make very, very clear decisions when things are going better than what they were maybe when they were falling apart in a specific season. Yes. Right? You're able to think logically. Exactly, logically. Because if something is going excellent and you realize, you start to have pretty, okay, so my process is I always ask myself a set of questions. And the questions that I ask myself are so basic, but it's the basic questions that are going to allow you to make the more complicated ones, right? So number one, does this make sense for me for the next five years? Like, do I really see myself doing this for five whole years? Now, with the strength and conditioning stuff, the reason why it took me almost almost 10 years to pivot out of that, because the answer was always like, yes. But then the next question was, but am I going to be happy for the next five (laughs) years? If I continue to do this and with strength and conditioning, the answer was always maybe. 
And it was maybe because I didn't understand if I was in strength and conditioning and or wellness because I really loved wellness and strength and conditioning or if I loved serving people. Right. Mm. And then when I finally understood it was because I serve people, that's when I decided to leave the wellness space. I wasn't going to leave the wellness space, though, as long as the answer was maybe. I have to have hard no's for questions like that in order for me to know it's time to pivot. And so with the CBD subscription box, yes, the market right now is amazing for CBD startups. Amazing, right? Now there are there's more opportunities coming up. There's grants finally starting to pop up, even in ridiculous states like Texas, where everything is super restricted. But when I looked at the amount of time that I was having to invest in this one company versus the other dreams that I had, and bigger dreams actually related to my gift sets and my talents, that's when I decided, okay, this is going well and this can really pop in the next six months if I give this six more months, but I'm actually going to lose six months that I needed to be, I know I needed to be investing in my writing. I needed to do it because I never would have been able to make the, the online presence pivot had I not stepped away from the CBD subscription box, which means I never would have got these contracts or had the opportunity to even be a full-time writer because product-based business is pretty much your entire life. Your whole life. There's a couple of things that she said that I want to highlight because they're just so important. One, if you are even considering or thinking about a product-based business, know that a lot of the content that you see on these online streets are not going to be applicable to you. Because running a product-based business is a different kind of business. Different. It is a different kind of business than service-based business, number one. So understand that in these internet streets, some of the stuff where they're saying you can do all these things. Liar. Not applicable to a product-based business. The second thing that I want to pull out from what Kia said is knowing your gifts what are you gifted at? What is your lane? What is your zone of genius? And I think this was one of the pivotal decision making, I guess, like it helped me make my decision, I guess I should say, when it came to pivoting in my business and slightly closing down other than God just saying, you need to stop, right? One, it was my health. But the second thing was gifts. I had to really, and a book that I read that kind of pulled it out of me even more was a book by Marshawn Evans Daniels. Um, Daniels. I can't, what is it called? Dang it. Believe Bigger. Be- okay, Believe Bigger. That. Thank you. Believe Bigger. And I realized that my zone of genius is serving behind the scenes, which is an ego killer. I serve best though when I am helping other people win. I serve best when I am the girl to people's Oprah. night promoting them, but <laughs> That's the best example, right? Like the way that my mind works, I help people behind the scenes, their operations, their systems. How do we get to this bigger vision? I realized that in all of the circumstances and situations where I excelled the most, it was when I was doing that. Mm. And it took me a, a long time to get to that point. But once I did, like she said, your gift will make room for you. And I had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And I'm like, I would have never had these opportunities or been exposed to these people at all had I not 
figured out where my zone of genius is. So I think that is one of the biggest parts of understanding and knowing if it's time for you to pivot or if it's time for you to close your business is understanding where you gifted it. Not in sometimes it's not even what you like doing because am I naturally inclined to serve people? No, most people want to be in the front. They want to be seen, right? But I did enjoy the work, but it was my ego that was overshadowing the enjoyment of it. I hope that makes sense. No, that makes sense. But I wanted to kind of pull that out of what you were talking about. And like, just as a follow-up, I want to kind of go through some of the signs that I think mislead Mm -hmm. people into thinking it's time to quit. One of the first, and I think we kind of touched on this, is like failure. Yeah. You know, failure, I don't, okay, it's it's one of those misleading things because there could be a lot of reasons why it's not working. It's not, you're not seeing the results that you want to see. And I think that you don't want to just say, if it's not doing well, then that's the reason why you should quit. Exactly. I hate when I go online and I see these coaches tell people, if it's just not working, you can start something else. Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't know why it's not working. Right. And to be honest, it's probably (laughs) not working for the simple fact that the marketing, like marketing controls so much success behind a business, Oh my god! which is exactly why you have a multi-million dollar company that literally sells potatoes. And they ship potatoes with customized messages on them to college students across. Well, I know the United States, they could be international right now. But want to know why they're successful? Because people know about them. It's a simple company, right? When it comes to business, we overcomplicate it so much sometimes. And when it starts to like do bad or we're not hitting the sales mark or we're starting to get tired and we can't really keep up with things. To be honest, the failure could literally just be maybe your marketing sucks. Mm-hmm. Maybe your back, maybe your back end systems aren't together. That isn't a sign from the heavens that you need to quit. Right. That's not how that works. Right. And also, are you putting your energy in the right areas? I see so many people focus on social media, and they when they think, think of marketing, they instantly go to social media. When in actuality, marketing is holistic like I always say you know it's not necessarily the online marketing that you need to be focused on it's the in-person marketing physical touch right you know how many people have hooked me up with opportunities that I would not have even known or been in the room for because they spoke up for me it's like um one of our mentors says it's not just who you know but it's who knows you okay who can stand up for you in that room and say hold on I know someone who would be perfect for this opportunity and that is how I built my business I didn't build my business online this is something new at all that I'm trying that I'm doing but I built the majority of my business a five figure business at the time right on purely in-person connections, my network. So look at marketing holistically and don't put all of your eggs in the basket of social media. I'm having a cute Instagram. Right. Like at the end of the day, you know how many contracts I have gotten signed and they didn't look at my website? They didn't look at my social media? I would take a bet and say 90% of the money I have made over all of these years have come from in-person connections, in-person touch. 
them referring me to somebody else. And when I do get a, a DM on Instagram, you know what it says? I'm friends with such and such. Okay? Right. It's still referral. It's still referral, which is why, to be honest, I have, and I'm not telling y'all to go do this because it might hurt your business. <laughs> I have stopped giving a whole lot of energy to this in-person stuff. Clearly, in-person touch is where it's at. And even in the midst of a pandemic, the contracts that I'm getting are still based off relationships that I had with people that I'm, I went and I served them in person. I went and I provided value to them in person. I was a nice individual and I'm cold at my skill set. You don't get better than that. Right. And I also think you have to in this game of entrepreneurship, and this might be a, a tough t- pill to swallow, you have to be able to handle failure well. Because you are going to fail quite often and when you least expect it. And you have to understand that that isn't a sign that it could be misleading you. And that's why it's important to know your numbers. That's why it's important to kind of have a relationship with someone who can give you the real. Like I can go to Kia and she'd be like, wait, no, did you check this? Did you check that? Well, what about that? You know, and have that someone to kind of be that um, objective check because sometimes you're too close to it. Mm -hmm. And you can't see that maybe you're putting gas on the wrong area and really you need to just stop doing that and focus on you know developing another area exactly I think another misleading sign that it's time to quit is passion and I know this is gonna hit step on a lot of toes I know this is gonna step on a lot of toes if I hear one more person say I started this business because I'm passionate about it whoa there is this quote it is so good y'all it's so good it says You discover your passion after putting in the work. You cannot say you are passionate about something and you are just now starting it. No, you are interested in a business idea. You'll find out if you're passionate about it after about six months. Facts. There are things that I am passionate about, but am I good at them? Am I good at them? Hey, I am passionate about my nails being done. Who's about to go be a nail tech? It's not me. Right. And I think that that is such a misleading thing. I think when you figure out what you're good at, because God doesn't give us gifts for us not to enjoy those gifts, right? Now, will we like them in the beginning? No, it's kind of like me being an online business manager. I was like, what? This wasn't something I was naturally inclined to say, yes, this is where I'm going towards. This is what I'm doing. No, it was something I knew I was good at. I flowed well in. Mm -hmm. But as I started doing it, as I started executing in that industry and in that area, that is when the love for it grew. And it's like, I love this. I'm passionate about it. But it wasn't like that in the beginning because it wasn't comfortable. And I think sometimes we confuse comfortability with passion. We're passionate about it because it's comfortable, it's easy. Right. But sometimes, a lot of the times, that is not the direction in which you need to go. That ain't it. That's like someone that, and I'm about to step on a lot of y'all's trainers' toes, okay? <laughs> that I'm speaking from the background of having three degrees, okay? That's like somebody losing 100 pounds and them saying that now they can be a trainer, Right. They're probably super passionate about health and wellness. That does not mean that they know a lickety split about what it takes to train anybody other than themselves, 
right? You don't know how healthy they lost or how healthy the journey was of them losing the hundred pounds. You don't know what type of internal conversations they were having with themselves. You could be hiring a madman. They lost all the weight and they feel like they're super passionate about this idea. You fall for their excitement as a customer, right? And that is one of the reasons why I'm, I'm a firm believer that some, I don't think a lot of people go into business with the intention of scamming, but a nice chunk of people end up looking like scammers because they're going after these things that they might be successful with it for themselves, but they absolutely don't know how to teach that to somebody else or how to turn that into an actual business for customers to come in and to receive real value from it. And the customer only like only invest into it because of the language that this person is using, not necessarily because of the results that they're getting for other people. And so it's really just this idea of, Yo, what are, if you would have asked me in 2014, if I really was going to be a full-time writer, you would have asked me when I had the initial thought in 2016, I would have said, you're crazy. Absolutely. You're crazy because I didn't see writing as a job. I didn't see that. I was like, the only way I could be a writer is if like I'm Toni Morrison, right? That's what my paradigm was at the time. But now that we're in 2020 and I am a full-time writer, all of those years of business experience and being able to start something and enjoy it and also make money from it and like just be able to like continue it out, specifically the wellness portion of it prepared me to be a full-time writer on today. But that is still, it's not because I failed in those other areas. I was doing just fine. I just had to have a real conversation with myself, not with my audience, not with parents, with friends, but a conversation with myself that said, can you actually do this long-term and just this? Because of course we're almost have several businesses nine times out of ten we're probably going to have a couple of side hustles but what is that one thing that you're like I can keep doing this like what are you going to be the dig of for this one thing yeah that is so good for me I think there are so many of course good nuggets I hope y'all re-listen to this episode again because it's so good is one do not go to your family and friends and your social media followers when you're looking for direction. They are not your target audience. Most likely, they're not your target market. If they're not purchasing from you or you are not targeting them as purchasers, then why does their opinion matter, first off? Come on, she's preaching. <laughs> I mean, I see that all the time where people crowdsource their information and we've gone into that on this podcast just please stop crowdsourcing because it's going to lead you down a path that it goes nowhere at the end of the day. And one of the things that I do want to kind of round this conversation out with is how can someone know when it's time to close the doors versus push ahead and kind of give like some definitive or I guess questions or guiding principles. I know for me, it's like, are you digging a financial hole? Ooh. I have known people who have been tens of thousands of dollars in debt and not understand that maybe entrepreneurship is not for you. I'm stepping on some toes. Sorry. Step on them. Entrepreneurship is not for everyone. Entrepreneurship is not for everyone. And maybe this is something that you work on the side. Maybe this is something that you contract for. Maybe this is something that you freelance for. But maybe it is not something that you need to create and run a business on. Come on. I'm sorry. 
because it's not for everybody. Gary V is a liar. <laughs> he has some great nuggets every now and then, but this ain't for everybody. This is not for everybody, and that's okay. If your look, if my dream job already existed, I'm gonna go work for the company because it's my dream job, and I get health insurance, right? <laughs> like and a consistent check, like a consistent check. Okay, either every month or every two weeks. Like, come on now. If I get sick, guess who's paying for it? Me. Kia Zamon Chisa is paying for it. Kia is gonna have to pay the doctors. It would be amazing if a Blue Cross Blue Shield could be paying for me to go visit the actual hospital. Like there are just certain things that shift whenever you step into entrepreneurship, especially when you're stepping into it, like right after you leave your major nine to five, Mm -hmm. like it doesn't just transfer over. There is no, Hey, well, even though that you left our company, we're going to make sure that we take care of you still for the next year, because we want you to really go after your dreams. Right. If that happens for you, wow, talk about favor. But that's just not the reality. So really asking yourself, do you want a side hustle? Mm. And are you trying to force your side hustle to be a full-time business? Or do you really want a full-time business? And when you start that full-time business, is this something that you really could legitimately be the ditty of for five years at least? Mm -hmm. Like you really have to ask those questions to figure out where your own mindset lies because there's no wrong mindset to have. There's nothing wrong with saying, I just want a side hustle. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. And so just to kind of like round out, because I know we've shared a lot. So one of the first things is understanding if entrepreneurship is for you, right? That's number one. Having that kind of hard conversation and asking yourself, is this something that needs to be a side hustle? Is this something I just need to be freelancing on? Or can I do entrepreneurship? Um, The second thing like that is a sign of that is financially, are you digging yourself in a whole lot of debt? Because we are not meant to be collectors of debt. No. Large amounts of debt. That is not what we are here on this earth to do. Not at all. The second thing is understanding what your gifts are. What are your lanes? Even if you don't necessarily like them or inclined to go to them, really do a deep, this is a lot of deep self-work of understanding what your gifts are, what your lane is, and kind of like who you are. And then number three is, I think sometimes we don't realize that just because we can do it, that we should do it. Yeah. And maybe you need to hire someone. Maybe you're good at the business and maybe you are supposed to be in that industry, but maybe you're not supposed to be doing certain parts of the business and you need to hire someone for the other parts. Really have that deep conversation and say, maybe I'm not meant to do it all. Mm-hmm. We're not all. No. The cheat code is we're not all meant to do it all. Any Anything on your list that you would say would help someone kind of make that determination? Ooh, I mean, you really just hit the nail on the head, especially with the income side of it. And now, of course, you know, we don't want to sound like crazy. Like, <laughs> we're not telling you that just because you're not making money in the first 30 days that you need to shut it down. Right. What we're saying is, okay, sis, it's been like two years now. And the moment you go into debt for the company and nothing's working out, like you're not even getting any partnerships, you're not getting any sales, you're not getting any mentorship, like the whole ship is falling apart, then that's a very different conversation than, man, I just didn't hit my sales goal this quarter. And, you know, like that that's just a very different conversation. So I really think that if y'all take 
what ABC just listed and have just a very real conversation. Put your pride to the side. Have a very real conversation with yourself and understand that it doesn't matter if people feel like here she goes doing something else. Right. It doesn't matter. Yes. It it literally doesn't matter. Yes. Take the shame. Like, Mm -hmm. take the shame. Forget the shame away from it because at the end of the day they aren't paying your bills they're not okay people are always going to have something to say if i stopped doing something every time someone decided to talk about me i would literally be curled up in a ball somewhere depressed you know what i'm saying like people are always going to have something to say and i don't care how many times you pivot when you look at all of the greats and the great people They have pivoted so many times. We might not have seen it on this side, but I can guarantee you they have made pivots. They have closed down businesses. They haven't been successful in areas. But that is not what we focus on, right? We focus on their wins. Because at the end of the day, once you get to the place that you are meant to be, people ain't going to be talking about that because they're going to want something from you. Yep, exactly. I don't mean to be negative about it, but I'm just saying like, you're going to have to beat that shame down because people are going to talk about you, whether you're winning or you're losing. Come on, have the courage to say yes to yourself, even if it makes absolutely no sense to everybody else. You have to have the courage to be able to do that. Because I promise you, to this day, people are asking me, this is the words that they'll use. Why'd you give up on the insert business? And for prideful people, that give up part is what's going to be the you you might want to like come for them a little bit, right. but you have to realize it doesn't matter if it looks like you gave up on anything. Those people don't see the contracts that you're signing with this other, mm-hmm. this other venture. It's not their business. Right. It's not their business. Right. So this was so good. Thank you so much for having this conversation. I know we could keep going, but I want to be mindful of your time. Yeah. I appreciate you for taking the time to listen. And I want to hear from you. Like, what are your thoughts? You know, let's join in on and have a conversation um, and go deep on this. But Kia, can you share like where they can find you, any information, anything that you're launching? Just how can they stay connected with you? Absolutely. So because of the time that we're in, everybody, or I'm a firm believer that I want to help people share their stories, right? No story is too small, too crazy. Unless you're a liar, (laughs) then that story doesn't need to be told. But because of that, I would love to be able to work with some people that really have been struggling with like outlining their books and like figuring out like what is the core of their story. So you can like reach me via email. You can just say ABC sent me um, in the actual title or in the subject and say, so the email is Kia, K-I-A-H at Kia Chisholm, K-I-A-H-C-H-I-S-M.com. My website is kiachism.com and my Instagram is also at kiachism. So I would love to be able to help you guys out, even if you just need to do like a quick call and just talk about, hey, like here are a couple ideas that I have. Does this sound like a book? Um, I would love to be able to serve you in that capacity. I absolutely loved my conversation with my friend Kia. She dropped so many gems. And don't worry, I'm going to include links to where you can find her in the show notes and at thebusybiz.com slash episode 39. I want you to release yourself from any shame that you may feel about pivoting in your business. I've been there. 
I don't want you to live your life trying to make everybody happy because at the end of the day, there are billions of people on earth and it's okay if a few don't rock with you. If you enjoyed today's episode, head on over to iTunes, leave a review, rate and comment the podcast. I really would appreciate it. It's time to build the business of your dreams. Let's get to work.